0: You're dialing in to the All Things Telesales podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lynn. If the phone is your weapon, this is your podcast. We're changing the perception of telesales. We're a tribe of telesales professionals who believe in compassion before commission. We're empowering the call coaching experience by starting with the person and salesperson. When we take care of the person, the calls take care of themselves. Well, First off, great to be here, man. And uh, appreciate all you do
1: for the world. Um, You know, I guess I'll just share a a little bit, just enough context so we can get right to the good stuff. You know, I I don't want to share just to hear myself talk. But no no matter where you are in your journey of sales, entrepreneurship, uh, expanding your company, maybe going into the sales world, you're already in it. You want to sharpen your skills. I just want to tell you, I've, I've been wherever you've been. or wherever you are right now i promise you i've been there so i know what it feels like i know what it feels like to want to do more to want to go to another level to achieve more for your family so you can have more freedom more control of your time i know what it's like to be envious seeing other people get ahead and you don't know if you can make it and i also know what it's like to get started and get momentum and and, and see yourself kind of achieving your lifelong goals. And then I know it's like they have the carpet ripped out and everything, mm. lose everything and fail and have to start all over. So wow. just know that I've been on that journey. I, I didn't start, yeah. I wasn't born under a lucky star or a silver spoon in my mouth. I've failed miserably. Um, but I've also had some incredible success and I feel blessed. And if you're going to spend this time with us right now, I just want to deliver some massive value and let you know that no matter where you are, there's no limits to where you can go. The only limits you have is when you're ready to give up. If you fail twice and give up, that's life. If you fail, you know, it might take you 40 failures, but the 41st time your life changes forever. And is it worth it? Hell yes. So yeah. let's, uh, let's get right to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I appreciate that. That was a lot of fire and it spoke directly to me too. Cause uh, I know exactly i 've been there too, and i 've had a call center in Kentucky that we had to you know close down and then now i 'm out here and we 're building multiple virtual call centers upon multiple virtual call centers and creating an opportunity for people and it 's about that this awesome. pursuit of your potential, like going hard after that potential and that 's what I see with you and everything you just shared, so I appreciate you sharing that with us and you You mentioned journey like I love that idea of separating yourself from the outcome like. Focusing on outcome, desired outcome is important, but not as important as it is to focus on the journey. What advice yeah, would what you know what? Man Listen, yeah.
1: we've, we, yeah, we've all heard that, right? It, the journey is... So I, I'm going to reference a book that I love. I love the yeah. book Shoe Dog. I don't know if you ever read it. It's the creator of Nike. Definitely put it on your list to read because he sure. tells an amazing story. So much, so much failure. Like you would never know how many things went wrong in the journey to build Nike. You know, one man's dream, the entrepreneurial journey from the sales side to the maintenance and running and operations, but just a fun journey. But at the end of shoe dog now the guy built Nike, right? Multi-billion dollar brand. Um, and when he got to the end they said, they kind of asked the question, people ask him, what's on your bucket list. He's like, you know, I'm a multi-billionaire now there's not much left. And he said, what I wish is that I could go back. Right. And I know you've heard this before, but I want you to hear it through someone, you know, most of us have had a pair of Nikes on our feet at one point in our lives. Right. I do right this moment. Um, He said, I wish I could go back because he said, when the merchant account failed, when the business went sideways, when China stopped exporting, when the IRS came after us, when the banks called our loans and everything went sideways, I thought that was all the pain. That was all the stuff I had to go through so I could get to that end result. And he's like, at this age, I'm worth billions of dollars. I'm giving it all to charity when I die. And I look back and he said, that was life. When things went sideways and we got together, we came together, we focused on solutions, we didn't listen to our negative mindset, we just kept going forward, we found solutions. That was life, and I didn't appreciate it. I thought I had to get through the crap so I could get to the end result. The end result's nothing. The journey is what yeah. was all of it. And I wish I could go back and sit in those meetings when we were brainstorming how to raise the money when we were yeah. broke. Because that was life. Right. And and like, you know, we can all tell that story, but like looking through that lens, like The crap you're going through is actually the stuff that's the juice of life if we recognize it. Now, do I want you to go through pain? Is it fun? Hell no. But what if you needed to go through that in order Mm. to get to where you want to go? Would you go through it if you knew the other side was your next level? Of course you would. So I just try to approach every obstacle like, man, if I get through this, I can't wait to see what's on the other side.
0: Yeah. With the end in mind, always having the end in mind. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you sharing that with me. And, um, you know, we were mentioning sales and sales calls and things like that. And, and part of the journey and joining the journey is having fun. And, um, you know, with, with your experience and sales calls that you made and, and maybe even success calls that you've had, walk me through the most fun that you've ever had on a sales call.
1: Ah, most fun on a sales call. Um, all right. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to, Maybe share something no one has I'm gonna tell you the worst sales call I ever had. <laughs> yeah. right? And then I'm gonna tell you a good one. Back um, yeah. yeah, this is a long time ago. This is in my early twenties. I'm like I'm I'm broker than broke and and not in my early twenties. I wasn't broker than broke, but I started off broker than broke. So yeah. I was a hustler finding real estate with no money down. Now I, at that time I had a collision shop. Um, I, I would fix, fix cars up and sell them. So I had auto sales. I had a tow truck, had about 20 apartments and I'd bought a couple of houses, right. Yeah. And then I was renovating and flipping the houses. So I'm buying this piece of property and it's a big piece of property. that I got a great deal on and you know, I'm early twenties. No one's ever, I, I know how to sell. Like, if you're on sales, there's some people who are very, um, systematic, Right. And I love that. I've had top salespeople, they follow the same method, same script, and they sell with a process, and that's amazing. That's really a great way to replicate yourself, right? Sure. And then there's other people, very intuitive. They, they, they share through their heart and their soul. You can feel their path. Like, there's all the different versions of salespeople. I think I was. I was so desperate that I was like so transparent and authentic. I used to sell really well. I'd outsell my dad four to one when we sold a used car. And I'd just go out there and I'd listen. And, and I, if I knew it was a good car, man, I just wanted to, I wanted to get that people in it because I knew it. they'd love the car, right? Yeah. My dad was more systematic. Anyway, I had done really, pretty well with sales in my early 20s, but I needed this piece of property because figure a piece of property, gorgeous piece of property on the Hudson River in upstate New York, but it was kind of landlocked. That's so why nobody paid for it. So I bought this piece and I needed this other house that gave me a gateway into the property. Make sense, right? Like, right. listen, who usually wins a conversation? The person with <laughs> the least interest or the person with the foot out the door, right? Like you got a foot out there, like you better sell me or I'm leaving. That usually wins, right? Well, yeah. I, my desperation overcame my logic when it came to selling. Yeah. So you got yeah. to hear this. I don't think I've ever told this story. Um, so I called this guy. And this so long ago, there's no cell phones, there's pagers and, uh, uh, tape recorded. Like if you're watching movies where somebody goes and they hit their answering machine with a tape in it, yeah, that's what yeah. was around oh, back wow. then. Right. Yeah, this is right. The, <laughs> it's the early nineties. Yeah. So I leave this guy a message. I'm like, Hey man, uh, uh I know you had that house for sale. Um, uh, I'd really love to buy it. Um, Um, Say he was offering, let's just use round numbers. Say he was offering 100,000. He was asking 100,000. So I said, Hey, man, I'd love to buy that house from you. Uh, Get back to me. I'd love to give you 90 grand for that. Let's just call the deal. I can close in 30 days. Let's get it done. So I hear nothing. About two days later, I call back and say, Hey, man, I I didn't hear from you because my desperation's building, right? Right. The complete opposite. I'm desperate on the opposite side. I said, Hey, man, I get you. I heard your silence. Let's just make it 95 grand. Let's close this deal up four days later, nothing. I call him like, man, you are freaking the, the, your silence got me. Okay. Not only the hundred grand, I'll give you a hundred and five. Let's close this deal, man. You know, I need it. I can't lie. I can close the next 30 days. Give me a call two days later, the guy calls me back and he's laughing hysterical. He goes, dude, I was on vacation with my family and he said, you just cost yourself 15 grand and I didn't have to say a word. And what an incredible lesson that was, man. I just, I was so like desperate that, uh, yeah, that's the complete opposite of a good sales call.
0: Right. And it's a perfect story of, uh, nothing worse than the desperate salesperson.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I've had so many different sales calls from banks to buying real estate to, you know, online sales presentations and, uh, you know, selling has been a huge part of my life. I love it. I I would just say this, instead of picking out one call, I'll just say the best calls I've ever had are when you truly listen to what people say Hmm. and comprehend it, not wait for them to shut up to go to the next part of your presentation. Right when you truly hear their heart, you hear their worries, you understand their fears, and you understand their desires. I'm going to encourage you to listen twice as much as you than you currently do. I don't care how good you are; to can be the best salesman in the planet. You ready to go salesperson? You want to go another level? Listen more. That's good. And remember, if you true like first is listen more, and secondly, I'm going to encourage you this: if you're currently working for someone, or you have a business and you're selling something that you think is okay,
0: yeah,
1: it's pretty good. I'm going to encourage you to quit change, shift, or help the company or help your own company make the product that you have that's good, make it fucking amazing. Excuse my language. Yes, because good. when you sell something you love, when you sell yes. something that you would stand behind, when you sell something you would give to your family, mm. it changes everything. When people say, how do you, how do you keep the enthusiasm? How do you go so good at selling? Man, I love everything I sell. If someone buys my book, man, I know I get to change their life. Someone gets the course I created with Tony Robbins. I know I get to change their life. Somebody buys one of the houses I have. We rehab houses better than anyone. I know it changes their life. So I don't have to think so much of a sales presentation. I can come authentically from my heart and know that if I don't get their money, I'm screwing them over. So people always want the the secret sauce. The secret Mm. sauce is care more, listen more, love your product and watch your sales double.
0: Oh, I love it. So what I'm hearing is, you know, God gave us one mouth and two ears for a reason. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. place more right. And then also to have this deep rooted conviction of if they don't do business with me, I am doing a disservice to them because they are not doing business with me. And, and, And I believe in my product and I believe and have that confidence and that conviction is what I'm hearing.
1: Exactly. I mean, listen, do you, when you help people sell better, do you really help them? Absolutely. Right. Do you you know that they're better off after they work with you than before?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if if I don't, I've done a disservice, yeah.
1: Exactly. So it makes you realize, man, they're going to go out and try to figure this out on their own and mess it up when I can help them go faster. When you feel that way, it's completely different when you ask for the money rather than like, man, I work for this company, they sell this online, how to get rich quick, but you know, it's kind of good. Then you start making up excuses like, no, most people are just lazy. They don't do anything. It's their fault. You start making excuses like that. Yeah you're never going to get good at sales because listen, we all have a conscience. We all, I believe all of us are good deep down, man. Really search. Are you selling something that you would sell that? Are you selling something that you wish someone would sell to one of your family members? If you can't say yes, man, make a shift or help the the company upgrade what they do or work for another company that truly has those values. And just that alone will make your sales significantly grow.
0: Right. Absolutely. And, uh, the ones that are, that are trying to push through something they don't believe in or something that they're, you know, that's, that's why sales can get a bad rep, get a bad name because you know, you're, you're, you're the reason why we (laughs) at sales professionals have to really uh, focus on serving, not selling. It's about the service, losing yourself in the service of helping others. And I believe that you and I see eye to eye on that.
1: Yeah, for sure service, not the selling. Yeah. I'd, I'd keep that. I'd keep that in your back pocket. Always thinking of those words.
0: Yeah. 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 And, uh, definitely the motto of the podcast is, you know, I, I gotta say it, man, it's compassion before commission. It's, it's really being empathetic and I really listening it. and, um, uh, and, um, uh, you know, not being so desperate that you're thinking about the commission though. That's the byproduct. product is like compassion is the journey, losing yourself in the service. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, um, so You know, we we had a podcast with Brian Kurtz and we we had an opportunity, we were talking about, you know, customer experience and really just want to focus on delivering like lifetime value, really focusing on having a maximum customer experience. And he has shared with me that there was a time that you might've used a secret shopper or something like that um, to kind of increase your customer experience. You care to kind of elaborate on that for us?
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. So step one is love what you do so much that you know mm. you're kind of doing people a disservice if they don't get it. I love compassion over commission, brother. That, that, is, yeah. that is absolutely beautiful and I love it. I, I can tell where your heart's at just from that, from that uh, kind of mission. Um, but there's another level. Once you love what you do, sometimes even if you have the greatest product in the world... If people don't utilize it, if they don't use it, if they can't comprehend it, if it's too complex, Mm. if it's not delivered in the right way, they don't digest it, they don't use it, and they don't get the experience, Uh, they don't get the results that they were looking for, right? So if you think about anything complex in your life, have you ever wanted to do something like, say you want to go on on a weight loss program or get in shape and you get an app? And the app's got 50 different buttons on it. And here's how you count your macros and just plug in how many calories you had at breakfast. And you're like, "Ah, man, that's too much. I'm done. I'm out. Right. So if you love what you do so much, that's phase one. Next thing is you have to understand how people feel through the entire process. So what I did is I hired someone who was a secret shopper in my company and and went through the entire process. And I said, I already know my product's the bomb. You don't have to tell me anything about the product. I I want you to let me know how you felt at every level. How'd you feel after the sales call? How'd you feel with the fulfillment? How'd you feel when you got the emails? How'd you feel when you logged into the course? how did you feel when mm. you went through module one? How'd you feel halfway through the course? How'd you feel at the end? How'd you feel pretend you're trying to get a refund or trying to get customer service to help you? And we went through all these aspects. I had a whiteboard as big as this wall behind me and mm. I just wrote down how people felt at every touch point. And we found mm-hmm. a lot of pieces. We found you know, we were take people's money and they wouldn't get an email for three days. So in three days, like I paid for it, I'm not getting anything because we were putting things behind the scenes together. That was kind of custom for them, but we never let them know. So in those three days, they're like, man, I spent all this money. I got nothing coming. I want out. So we were wondering why we had all these refunds before people started because they got scared, right? They might've went home and went, honey, you know, I I spent five grand for this next level education. What would you get? I don't know. Did you get an email? No, get a refund. Right? So we found all these points. We found one of our modules was way over complicated. Like we thought we were delivering massive value. We overwhelmed people. So mm-hmm. we broke down it. So we broke it down into really simpler language. We found that we were sending emails from like three different email names and people were getting confused and not opening all of them. Like all of that had nothing to do with the product. We knew we had a good product. It had to do how we made them feel at each experience. And we just started adjusting and tweaking all those pieces. And by the time we were done, not only did we div- deliver a good product, we delivered a great feeling through the entire product.
0: Wow. <laughs> and, and from that, what was, what was the impact?
1: It was massive. Like yeah. refunds in the first three days dropped by 50% because wow. now we had touch points immediately we we knew their fears in advance so we addressed their fears we knew their desires and we we changed them we knew how to communicate with them better we knew what pieces to fix and make simpler we, we unified the messaging that went out so they always knew when that email was in their inbox it was important so we cleared all that up you know i don't know the exact numbers but it was exponential and nothing wow. changed we didn't have to sell more we just got to keep more and we got to impact more lives
0: right and the beauty of impact, it, it equals revenue, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a byproduct. Like you used <laughs> that word before, right? right. Impact more lives, the byproduct will be more money <laughs> right. to you.
0: Yeah. Um, so speaking of impact, tell me about a time that you made an impact in one of your clients or, or just clients in general. And how did that make you feel? How did that make you feel?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm blessed at this phase of my life because we, we really have, you know, especially what I'm doing with Tony Robbins right now, we got people in 150 countries, you know, all over the world, just changing their lives, you know, because I mean, we've been doing this a really long time. So we get, you know, just in my Facebook group, we got about 135,000 comments every single month. It's insane. And we get to see them, and we celebrate them every single week. We celebrate wins and it's been a fun journey, but I have to say, you know, I, I would, without picking one person out, the best feeling in the world is when you know, listen. Most of you know what it feels like when you feel a little hopeless, or it's not going to work out, yeah. um, or you feel like you missed the boat, or you were left behind. And when you see somebody share, like, "I felt like I was going to be left behind. I failed before. Right? People told me I was crazy, but this gave me a path. This gave me the confidence, the capabilities, the direction. It gave me the the, the blueprint to actually do it. Like." there's no better feeling in the world. And, and I have to tell you, I didn't get in this business to be mother Teresa and just serve the world. I got in it because I was a broke kid and self education changed my life. And I wanted to help other people with that. That's why I got in this space of writing books and doing masterminds and created courses. That that's a true story. I got in it because it seemed pretty cool to help people and make money. But in the beginning it was make money. And while I'm making money, I can help people. But I have to say, this is 22 years just in the information business, 32 years of being an entrepreneur. But right now I'm completely obsessed it. I, I read thousands of comments a week, and, the, and it just fuels me to want to impact more. And the byproduct of me impacting more, what we said earlier is, my success is growing. So now it's like, I'm, I'm way more focused on impact than bottom line, but the bottom line's growing. Yeah. So what I'd say to anyone is, you know, don't, don't worry about impacting hundreds of lives, change one life and listen yes. and let it sink in that you mm. course corrected that person's life. It all starts with one. People say, man, you got a million followers. I can never mm-hmm. just like, no, but we all started with one and we all need to help one person. Cause when you help one, then you help four and then you help eight and 25 and 60, a hundred, 300, right. 3000. Right. So, so get obsessed with changing lives and watch how sales just exponentially. Grow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that, man. I got chills the whole time we were talking. Cause I'm vibing. Cause I, uh, you know, I'm out there too, you know, right now in the trenches, you know, making sure that we focus on the one that I teach others to focus on the one. Cause it really does start yep. with the one. Absolutely.
1: It does. Yeah,
0: I was was just sharing with Lucas uh, as we were um, waiting for your grand entrance here um, that, you know, I'm from Kentucky, man. So uh, and I'm living in California now and I'm like this Kentucky kid that's California dreaming just to pursue my potential, you know, and it's uh, it's entrepreneurs like yourself and Tony Robbins that have have like mentored me from a distance to get me to where i'm at you know Oh, glad yeah
1: well i I have lots of mentors from a distance too man so we just got to keep it going we got to keep giving back if somebody gave it to us we got to give it back
0: right right and then it's in the great minds like napoleon hill and earl nightingale and wayne dyer you know and and all those type of people change your life yeah, are, are those some of the the great minds that as you were starting out, you know, kind of walk me through that journey when you were starting out and the the distant mentors as we're men- talking about that? Yeah. Who were some of your distant mentors?
1: Yeah, one some of my one of my first ones was Tony Robbins. I mean, I feel blessed right. that we're your friends yeah. and talk every day and partners. But um, he was one of my first ones, and then from Tony was Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra, and then Napoleon Hill, Dale Carnegie is one of my favorite, Zig Ziglar. Um, Uh, you know, the list goes on. Like literally you can't hear personal development enough. Like at this phase of my life, I realized that, you know, we all need the tactics. We all need the strategies. We all need the guidance. We all got to be hustlers. You all got to take action. It doesn't happen by accident, but you'll give up way short of the finish line. If you don't work on your mindset, if you're not working on your mindset, you can't go to the gym for a weekend and be in great shape for the rest of your life. You can't read one book or go to one seminar or watch two inspirational videos and think you got a mindset that can overcome the obstacles you're going to hit. So, uh, you know, the last thing I'd say, you want to be good at sales. You want to be good at anything. You got to work on a, a mindset that just doesn't give up, that overcomes obstacles, that, that realizes failure is just part of this journey. You get up, you dust yourself off, you learn from it, you keep going.
0: Right. And some some of these uh these modules and stuff like that that you mentioned that that you've developed and in the in the mindset and things like that um tell me a little bit about that that value that you bring.
1: Yeah, so I mean my my last book my, my my new book's out my last book was Millionaire Success Habits. There's no way to get there's no nothing written in that book on how to get rich overnight. It's all right. about the mindset for success. And I feel blessed because you know habits can be a like a defensive or like, I don't want to change my habits, but the the book caught fire because it's going upstream to show people how do you, how do you keep going forward? Even when everything tells you, you should stop. Even when you're, you know, the, the self doubt, the, the inner villain or whatever you want to call it, the imposter syndrome tells you to stop. Your family tells you to stop. People call you a dreamer. You hit obstacle after obstacle. How do you keep pushing forward? Because the only way to failure is to give up like that. That's truly what I believe at this phase of my life. It failure is not something that happens unless you quit. And that's the only time it happens. So I wrote that book to kind of go upstream to give people that foundation, that stamina to keep going. And then I said, how could I go upstream even a little further? And I wrote The Underdog Advantage because I think everybody, everybody feels like an underdog at some point in their life. And if you're not an underdog, you need to adopt an underdog mindset. <laughs> so that's why I wrote that book. So yeah, they're, they're, they're my favorites. I, I feel blessed to be a multiple New York Times bestseller, but th- those, those two books are, they're on fire right now and they're really helping a lot of people
0: awesome. When I hear underdog, I think of you and uh, Zachary Babcock. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's awesome, man. And uh, so with all this, uh, this going on, I mean, like a, a lot of, a lot of us entrepreneurs, right? Like we get distracted, we get overwhelmed, like opportunity upon opportunity. Oftentimes, if you have opportunities to really shop around, you're consider yourself blessed right now, you know, as well, I had to identify that, but then to weed through the ones that are like, would be a time suck. That's not going to be a value to to me or my family, you know, and then being distracted and having all these opportunities, sometimes an opportunity can be a distraction. So as an entrepreneur, if an entrepreneur is feeling overwhelmed and through this decision-making process to to really get laser, would you agree that, you know, like laser focus on the one thing is important or, you know, how do you kind of weed through the noise, so to speak, as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah. Great question. Um, just remember this. Uh, no got you out of Egypt. I mean, yes gets <laughs> you out of Egypt. No takes you to the promised land.
0: Um, and that's just
1: like, as an entrepreneur, you had to say yes way more than other people. Yes to overtime. Yes to working when no one was watching. Yes to overcoming the inner fear and doing it anyway. Like, you had to say yes, 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 yes. And then we get a certain level of success and we're programmed for yes. And that's when we got to start saying no. So a little hack I would share with everyone is really analyze what's important to you and narrow it down and say no to everything else. Um, You know, for me, people say, how do you stay in shape and still spend time with your kids and be a good dad and a good husband and be a good team leader and write books? Like, how do you do it all and coach a little league? And I'm not saying that to brag. I do. It's because I say no to everything else. Like, I only have about four things that are really important to me, man. My my kids, right? And not just everybody. Everybody's kids are important to them. But it's a little extra for me personally is because my parents were married nine times and I moved all over the oh, place. Wow. And I just want to be there for my kids. Right. Yeah. So my kids, my wife, uh, I want to be a good husband to her because we have an amazing relationship, making mm-hmm. an impact on the world and growing in, as a person and my team. Like that, that's really my whole life is made up of those four things. Like if wow. it's anything outside of that, I just yeah. say no to it. Like everything. Yeah. I don't yeah. care if I get invited to the Grammys and a friend wants to send a private jet to pick me up and go to an after party. It's like maybe at some point in my life that would have been cool, but it doesn't right. impact my kids, my wife, my business or my family. Like I'm out. Right. So i say no to way more things than anyone would ever believe because I focus on what's important and it gives me enough time to really go deep on those things. So you asked me a question. Yes, go deep. If you go deep and you decide in a year or two years from now that you don't love it or it's not your thing. Great. But what entrepreneurs do, they go shallow and they're standing in the pit and they're looking up for the next hole to dig. It's like dig deeper, drill your well deeper. Um, and oh, it yeah, just cool. unlocks your next level.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh, so, so as a, as a, uh, one of the last questions here, what what are you most excited about now?
1: Ah, uh, you know, that question's always different. But um, I'm excited about being alive. I'm excited that I got married again last year, and I have a, a eight eight week nine ten week old baby at home. I have a 13 year old, 11 year old, and now a, a, you know almost three month old baby. I'm excited about the world is shifting into self-education and we get to help more people by podcasts like this, by books that we write courses, we create, uh, self-education is becoming the new norm. And I, and I'm really inspired to really help people get fueled by that. So uh, I feel pretty blessed that I get to do this for a living.
0: That's awesome, man. And where can, uh, where can people find you? I know we, uh, we see you on Instagram, Facebook, yep. um, and, yeah, uh, I'd say,
1: I, you know, Instagram, I'm on there every day. Uh, that, that Instagram's on fire. I think I was at 20,000 followers a couple of years ago. We just passed a million. So I, th- I must be doing something right. right. So <laughs> at Dean Graziosi, my podcast, the Dean Graziosi Show is on fire right now. I think it's in the top 100 uh, business podcasts. Um, and if you want to grab my latest book, The uh, Underdog Advantage, you can go to deansbook.com and grab it there.
0: Awesome. We appreciate your time today and appreciate the impact you're making on the world, man.
1: Oh, thanks, man. And you keep it up. You need anything, you let me know. Take care, everybody.
0: Don't threaten me with the good time. (laughs) (laughs) Visit allthingstelesales.com for additional resources that can help you drive more revenue. Did you like today's episode? If so, subscribe so next week's episode will be available for you. And if you really like today's episode, leave a five-star review. It's a good way to get the word out there. And if not, check out another episode. Maybe then you'll be able to rate the show five stars. Anyone you'd like to hear from on the show, send an email to podcast at allthingstelesales.com. I'd love to hear from you. Don't threaten me with a good time. This episode was all fun.